Hello, Tom. Hello, Heron. We are going back to the classics today, where it all began, or at least where it all began in this house, and I am recording in my podcasting room for <laughs> the first time in about probably nine months, something like that. Why? We have house guests coming next week, including a podcast listener, Jim Gifford. Jim, or uh, his companion Roz, will be staying in the podcasting room, and someone else will be staying in the guest bedroom, and has motivated a massive clean-up of said area. <laughs> it's good to have guests every once in a while, yeah, isn't just it? just to kind of kick yes. you in the face and remind you that you I need a guest together. here. You do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been pretty good at keeping my space clean, but, but I mean, for me anyway. Yes. You know. <laughs> yes. I'm not even going to describe the train wreck I see in front of me, but it will. No, be it's not really. Well, I guess it. I guess it really depends on the eye of the beholder. You know, yeah. uh, it, it's pretty good for me. <laughs> yeah, my podcasting room is just historically, and my spiritual advisor takes some of the blame here as well. But it's just historically been a dumping ground of stuff that. Didn't really fit in other places. Well, it's important to have a dumping room. I have a dumping room. <laughs> you know, it's small, but it's, yeah. it's a good-sized closet, and I can just dump shit in there. Yeah. You know? I think it's great. Um, for a period of time, and it was a really around <laughs> show 100, which was, what, a year and a half ago now for Model Rail Radio, I kept my podcasting room clear of detritus for a good three or four months following. Yeah. It's only really been in the past year that the podcasting room has just become the end of the earth for a bunch of stuff. Well, you've got a whole different situation than, than yeah. I obviously. Yeah. So, my Something whole space like is dumping ground. Yeah. <laughs> but I have special space within the dumping ground Very for good. You know, stuff I don't want to have to look at. You know. Yes. I think a lot of this is going to have to become – well, a good portion of it is going to be charitable donation, but I'm not sure if I've got the time to actually get that stuff together. So I'm going to yeah. be cleaning it out over the next two days. It'll be neatly vacuumed, ready for a bed. Everything will be just right. Yeah. Maybe a fire. That, that would solve all this. <laughs> problem yeah yes it's all everything really <laughs> whether i would be contained in said fire is another well matter. that's another issue yes so i have a few topics in front of me do you have anything that you want to raise this evening oh not really i watched a movie called uh nightcrawler ah. and um thought it was pretty good i was i i, I didn't quite you know, I, my expectations have been so lowered over the last few mm-hmm. years. That is that the guy that killed prostitutes in L.A., or is that another? No, it's about a guy who's uh, a cameraman for a you know basically a freelancer that sells traffic accidents and ah, shit in uh, Mexico or in the no US? no in L.A. Actually, oh, okay, because it is actually like there's a magazine in Mexico. That's like, I think, published every evening of all the traffic accidents that have occurred in Mexico City. <laughs> well, th- this guy, well, basically, this is a blood and guts report. It's not just uh-huh. traffic. I mean, anything where there's blood and guts, uh-huh. this guy specializes in Very going good. there and being on the scene and, uh, and then selling the footage to the local news, uh, yeah. TV news station. Mm. <laughs> and it's, uh, what's his name? Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, uh, yes. Um, Some say Jillian Hall, but I know who you're talking what, about. What, I don't know. It's yeah. too bad. He really ought to. He's one of the few cases where I think, you know, change your name. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Bill Smith. You know, yeah. that'll do. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, it was, uh, it was, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't not recommend it. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> it's on Netflix. Phrase, I think Netflix perhaps. recommends it to me periodically, and I've got plenty of other films that I've got to watch, uh, 
Oh, it's terrible. I've got hundreds yeah. of films, you know, that I that I've got here, and you've got <laughs> the entire universe available. Well, I was recommended recently to watch a film called Gamora, which apparently yeah. is uh, the guy who did the not the Godfathers, but who did Goodfellas, Scorsese. Uh-huh. Scorsese does an Italian in Italian mobster movie. Yeah, I watched about half an hour of it, and I just thought, oh. Well, you just got—you got to be in the mood for it too. You uh, know? Have you seen Gamora? I've got it. I haven't seen it. I wouldn't. It's I mean, on like, my if list. You make it past the problem with you is that you will force yourself to watch something once you start something. Well, no, not always. I mean, mm. I, I, if I've gone as far as deciding to watch it, I mean, I've done a little reading, and mm. you know, I mean, because at this point. I, it, you know, there's got to be some, or I've just got to be desperate to kill a couple hours, yeah. or it's there's got to be some something that makes me think there's something there for me. You I'll know? tell you what happened while I was watching Gamora, which was infinitely more interesting than the film itself. My spiritual advisor messaged me on Facebook that the documentarian, I guess that's what you'd call him, Werner Herzog, is doing a masterclass, which Facebook's currently promoting to probably everyone on this who listens to this podcast probably seen the word hurts like me. Anyway, it's 90 bucks. And I thought, well, what's 90 bucks? Let's just yeah. see what this thing is. Oh, this is a, a, a web seminar? Yeah, live something like thing. that. I think, yeah. it's, I think it's five recorded sessions. You get absolutely no contact with Werner Herzog whatsoever. Okay. Oh, you, you just get to view a video. Yeah. He, um, apparently, there are like this coursework, which they have various people that will assess the yeah. coursework. Well, it might be worth it. I don't yeah. even know what I was doing. Oh, well, yeah, for 90 bucks, who gives a fuck? Exactly. You know? <laughs> exactly. But what was fascinating was that there are a whole bunch of people that are doing it as well, including people that work for Vice and you know, yeah, people who work up scene. Yeah. But they're doing the course. They're not an interactive part of this so i've tried subversively mm. to encourage some of these folk that particularly those that live in the san francisco bay area that we need to get together and actually like you know make the most out of this thing rather than just pay 90 bucks and of course all that fell on deaf ears i guess well, that's just the, yeah, yeah. The crazy well, all guy you can do is put it out that's yeah you know <laughs> I, th- I think again i think we're really sort of ahead of the curve on a lot of this stuff here and that uh Community activism hasn't actually taken hold on this planet yet. No, <laughs> you know, but I think it's I think that it, it's absolutely essential for the for any kind of future. Yeah, you know, we are going to have to start getting together and becoming responsible for what the hell's going on here. I think that, I think there's a jaded philosophy. I mean, all that we talk about associated with. You know, the being active minds out there that are ready and receptive to the ideas that we want to put out. That, again, is a very tiny percentage of the yeah. population. And then those who are ready to do something about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you just got to be aware of the game we're playing here. That yeah. It seems to me that's the game we're playing. The, the ones who are even vaguely interested are probably less than 10%. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean vaguely interested. And the ones who are like ready to take action that's another tenth of that probably or or less (laughs) but they're out there though i mean there are people you know and and it's early in the game still so i think uh it it doesn't bother me that that's true i just see that's the game we're playing right now yes and working around that game is is the game well how to yeah how to how to game it (laughs) how to how to get the best traction you can you know yes yes so I went to the doctor this week. 
It was actually rather fortuitous that I went to the doctor because you remember the bed that stabbed me in the UK? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what part of your body is the UK? <laughs> the UK. <laughs> it's my side, actually. It's my oh, less oh, okay. fleshy side. Ah, uh, um, yes. <laughs> in any case, the insurers contacted me through the week associated with this event, and I provided them all the details, including an up-to-the-minute photo of said the one you posted. That's a great picture. You know, only the, you ought to have a picture of it next to your uh, oh, body. Oh no, 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 no! I, they're only interested. I think they have those photos. They're only interested in the current scar with a ruler up next to it to get a ah, sense that I it really see. is okay. yeah. four plus inches long, which it is mysterious. In fact, I was quite surprised how long it was when I had a ruler next yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, <laughs> so independent of this, completely independent, even though the day they contacted me was also the day that I finally got to the doctor to have my tetanus shot for said stabbing incident. And the doctor, and I was already going to talk to the doctor anyway, because the migraine medication that I have is really not up to snuff. Yeah. Um, so he gave me triple the medication, which was his solution to this. Uh, <laughs> well, that may be... Well, my concern with the medication is that memory loss is one of the oh. artifacts of it. Oh, you'll get over that. <laughs> well, it's funny, actually, because I've been on it, the triple medication, for three days now, and yeah. I'm really noticing the memory loss. Oh, really? Like, I wake up in the, in the morning, and it's just a cloud around me associated with... And even, even short-term memory is completely shot as well. Really? So I said this to my boss that I'm writing stuff down and I'm doing everything I can, but this is literally a, a change associated yeah, this with is medication. Yeah, big problem. It's yeah. a side effect. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I mean, I'm going back to see the doctor in two weeks. He's giving me lots of blood tests and a referral to see a neurologist. And I'm seeing my, what are they called? Not optometrists, but um, what are the doctors called? There's a Optomologist. Lot. That's what they're called. They're called okay. ophthalmologists rather than optometrists. Anyway. So yeah, optometrists, my, I think, do glasses, don't yeah, they? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing my annual with the ophthalmologists. I have two of them, and they do various things that basically poke my eyeball and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll get all this data, and I think the neurologist might be the most interesting of the lot. But, uh, yeah, hopefully they'll have a thing associated with these migraines. because How often do you have them? Continuously. I mean, the nature of them is it's just a daily occurrence they in all day at a low level or incapacitating level, or, or and then sometimes in the evenings incapacitating and really it's just getting to be a point of irritation i didn't have them when Fuck i was yes. in the uk i mean i didn't even have a trace of them in the uk and medically it's pretty easy to understand why that is the case why because it's completely related to blood pressure and i've been wearing a, a monitor Oh. And my work is the cause of it. I mean, when I go into work. Okay, well, so ta are you taking blood pressure medication? Yes, I am as well. And that. And <laughs> the jury is out, Heron. But when, the, how long ago did you start that? Um, I've historically not liked blood pressure medication because it makes me feel really, really horrible. Really? Um, See, I've been taking it for years. I know, I know you have. Yeah, um, yeah. And it works great for me. Through, <laughs> I'm going to try and fight through this. Yeah. But for the first 48 hours, my skin was crawling and I couldn't hold a thought in my head. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. And I just, I can't live like that. I mean, no, I'm that's, going to persist with it. But the. You tried med uh, meditation instead yes. of medication. Yes, yes. <laughs> what, what's really interesting is location is the cure. I mean, location is the only thing that I've seen over the past however many months that has had any impact on this thing. Well, again, that's 
Yeah. yeah, that's a little that's a little hard to, to put on the the, lo- the actual location. I mean, it, it's it's a state of mind we're talking about. Yes, clearly. Yeah. So anyway, I'm working through it currently, but I'm my main worry is doing podcasts. My memory and my ability to put ideas together and these kind of things is relatively central in all this thing. And I've never thought that I could earn an income by speaking, but I've certainly enjoyed creating communities through speaking yeah. and if it I might lose- help you actually mm. you know because uh, normally you're so anal retentive that <laughs> that uh, this may just make it really Loosen great up, man <laughs> yeah <laughs> feel the spirit of the soul the soul of the recording but no it's, it's a little bit about um humility ah yes yes yeah my friends are <laughs> coming Australia- into it knowing <laughs> Your limitations. Yes. <laughs> My friends in Australia used to like to get me drunk for similar reasons. That basically, <laughs> it was all about humility and getting me to slow down. Yeah. Now, well, alcohol was very useful for that. It's funny, actually, because the whole, the whole medical industry is not in any way catered to talk specifically about stress. Oh, no. The whole thing is so primitive. It's just crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the early 80s, and I remember because I was alive at that time and paying attention... There were a whole series of media reports, at least in Australia, maybe not in the US, associated with people that worked for corporations that just dropped dead in their early 40s. And this was something yeah. that was Well, stress has been discussed. a big uh, issue yeah. for some time. Exactly, yeah. but it's not actively discussed. I'm well, really- it is. If Well, you have to be looking for it. It is being discussed actively, but you, you know... It's not being marketed heavily. Well, but the society it's there. is not in any way adjusting for this thing, right? It's well, just, some people are. Well, yes, yes, I guess. It's just you got to, yeah, yeah. It's up to you. There, that's interesting. Yeah, there's probably lots of stuff available that's not being marketed. Exactly. Well, like us. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting because the uh, the guy that we talked about a couple of recordings ago, whatever the dude's name is, Puddlecum, whatever. He is obviously marketing to that. Apple now has a, a breathing app, which they're yeah. talking about in iOS 10. And yeah. the watch was a good indicator for me when I wore it. The only problem was it was intimately connected to my work through my phone. Yeah. So it was not only a means of me identifying, gosh, my pulse has gotten high in that last meeting. I better yeah. you know, prep myself. It would be nice if we could get feedback on blood pressure. I guess there just isn't any way to do well, it that now. Well, needs to squeeze, right? Or, yeah. Well, I don't know squeeze. how much it does. That's the, that's it, the well, issue. I've got, yeah. I've got a wristwatch blood pressure thing currently, and it has to squeeze. I mean, that's yeah. the way it gets the pressure. Yeah, part. yeah. Pulse well, like I said, useful, it would be nice. Maybe there pressure. might be some new kind of technology that yeah. they could figure out a right. way to do it. Yeah. That would be helpful because uh, my blood pressure is pretty – completely under control now i mean i take my blood pressure relatively well i haven't for months now but i mean i did for a long time Mm. and um but you know you still have to sit you know you have to play that whole game it'd be beautiful just look down at your wrist and see a graph of Mm. your blood pressure for the last 24 hours the reading device relative to your heart is an important thing as well so i mean i'm thinking some sort of armband that you could just wear then you, you just know. raise it to a particular height. And it well, no, it would just all do it all the time somehow. Yeah. It just, you know, it would have enough. Well, like I say, I'm just fantasizing about science fiction. But, I mean, I, that doesn't seem too outrageous to think that at some point there'll be some relatively simple and non-invasive blood pressure uh, indicator. Mm. I mean, does that seem unreasonable? Well, the way it's measured currently, 
It, it's just, they're going to have to find another metric. Well, yeah, it would have to be a totally different, but I mean, that's not so far outside the realm of possibilities. That kind of shit, you know, coming in from a side door uh, is is relatively common in many fields, you know. It's just, but not so much in medicine, right? Well, I don't know. I, I, I'm just saying it's a possibility. I have no idea what the likelihood of that is. It, I'm just suggesting it would be really cool <laughs> if, if they could get, if you could get a really good, accurate. I mean, cause that's the thing is it fluctuates from minute to minute. So BMI is an interesting one because that I think has been relatively well proven to favor people who are physically smaller, like physically shorter. Well, I think that's. I think there's a lot to say for that. You look at old people, a lot of them are short. <laughs> yes. But it's always been interesting to me just because of my bone dimensions. I mean, my bone dimensions are a physical thing that I can't reduce associated with my weight. Yeah. And yeah. that is no. an impact on my size, which impacts my BMI. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's individual. Yes. It, yeah. Every. Somehow we need to be able to scan each individual body and evaluate it chemically yes. and structurally and any other number of ways to. Mm to decide whether it's just what we want or not. <laughs> Curiously, and this kind of touches on some of the discussion that we've had up until this point today, I have been periodically speaking with my mother this week, which is a very unusual thing and only happens in certain circumstances. In talking to her, she raised the Brady gun bill, which apparently she had read an article on sometime through the week, and for that reason spent a few minutes explaining to me what the Brady bill was about in the context of assault weapons and also in the context of obviously what happened in Orlando. I've actually read the Brady bill and I've read the California assault weapons bill and I've read a variety of assault weapons bills that are at a federal level or a state level. And when you read the law, you have a very (laughs) different perception of the law than what people have been told about the law by journalists. Oh yeah. It's very, very curious So, for example, federally, assault weapons are defined associated with foreign parts. They're not designed associated with certain characteristics. They're certainly not designed... They just specific... Really, they they are a list of specific items you cannot... It doesn't make any difference how many rounds and clips are. No, no. Out of 25 items on the gun, I think more than two-thirds have to be manufactured in the U.S., (laughs) <laughs> and when you, oh, yeah, that's a whole different issue. no 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 but it's fascinating because yeah. when you read that you get to appreciate why these u.s manufacturers are able to make weapons which are almost exactly the same specification of what's illegal but mysteriously these things are legal and then you get into this curious <laughs> discussion associated with how these u.s based interests get to manipulate the law in such a way that it favors them but also that for a majority of the language monkey public that are never actually going to read the law, it looks like Hillary Clinton and the whole Clinton, I want to use the term fiasco, but let's use the term legacy. They're all really good people that care about shootings and care about all this kind of stuff. But when you actually read the laws that they pass and endorse, you realize that this whole argument is just paper thin. And it was curious, actually, because I raised this briefly with my mother. I have a history of doing this with my mother. You know, reading things that are primary in these circumstances, never as good as reading a news article written by a journalist who's never read the laws. So this whole thing lasted for about 30 seconds when I said, well, actually, if you look at this and you look at this and you look at this, 
And I realise this is probably my problem associated with, as you say, gathering a larger audience, mm. you know, making people feel warm and fuzzy. Is that <laughs> actually like reading- I think you just have to pick your battles. Yeah, I mean, this is, I'm starting to realise really that I should just have no battles, and that way well, I'll those, be happy. No, I and- think some battles are called for, but yeah. uh, they're much rarer. Like I said, I, I spent a lot of years being way more of an asshole than I needed to be. Yes. <laughs> I know I'm still way too much of an asshole for well, at a least lot in our recordings. I think I get some asshole out of you, Heron. <laughs> I mean, I think I intentionally kind of bring out the asshole. Well, so- I, and I come here ready for that exactly. too. You know, I mean, listen, we got we got whatever it is we do here. Yes. You know, <laughs> damn Skippy, damn Skippy. But yeah, I, I, it's a problem that I find that you've already been through, which is probably why I raise it with you. Associated with picking these battles. Or just, maybe yeah. just, I mean, the whole monastery thing, increasingly, as my life gets more and more chemically dependent, starts to make me feel like maybe this monastery thing is probably a real thing that I need to consider. Oh, I, th- th- that's really, I'm still, he- that's what I would like to have. Mm. You know, I'd like to live in a place where I have a, a nice big room on a on a cliff overlooking the Pacific Ocean with the monastery behind me, <laughs> up, up, up a hill of maybe 100 yards of grass and yes. shit. And then there's a big five-story uh, center for mm. applied epistemology mm. or something there. Mm. <laughs> this is my ideal. Yes. And I can just walk up the hill uh, and be surrounded by all sorts of interesting people and all sorts of activities and shit, and then walk back down the hill and be alone in my cell. Mm. Kind of like Esalen. The Esalen Institute. Well, yeah, or it could be up in the mountain. Well, you know, yeah, I could, yeah, my vision is at the beach, you know, mm. yeah, on a cliff. Although, mm. well, then we'll, we'll, I guess we'll need an elevator to get down to the water. That's yes. okay. We'll have plenty of money. So Yes, yes. <laughs> that's my that would be my ideal situation actually if i could just make up yeah that's that's relatively clear in my head it's been that way too for a few years now i think the trick is really keeping the outside world out of that kind of environment i mean well, well just letting it in through your your computer screen well not even that i mean i was relatively i tend to be relatively slow to these latest news articles now Primarily because I just find them. Who cares? It's what? It's not. It's not relevant, is it? Well, that was my assertion. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a new record. Forty-nine. Okay. So we're shooting for fifty now. <laughs> you know, for the next guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, this this phenomena associated with the UK and whether the UK should be part of the EU or not part oh, of the yeah, EU. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all the nonsense associated with when, that. That's coming up real soon, right? Just like yeah. ne- this week or next, yeah, I mean, I think, next yeah, week? Yeah, it's next week, maybe. Yeah. After, I think it might be the 27th. So. Okay, yeah, that'll be very interesting to see. Well, uh, apparently the majority of folk in the UK, by a substantial number, want out of the EU. Well, but apparently it's been changing a lot in the last couple weeks. Yeah, well, I don't well, know. I mean, I, I do. That's what know. the media says because the media yeah. loves to think that it has the power of yeah. Oh, well, who knows? You know, we'll find out. You know. Yeah, it's interesting that the media in the UK has become more and more hysterical associated with this whole thing. I mean, we went to the UK primarily because my wife still reads media from the UK. And the doom and gloom and, you know, hell is rising and all this uh-huh. kind of stuff coming from the UK media 
made us think that we'd go there and there'd be people with torches, you know, burning down people's houses and <laughs> stuff like that. And, you know, the whole thing would be on its head. I mean, what we noticed, I mean, there was a distinction between the South and the North, as there always is. And in the South, you could see, just because of the, you know, places that you connect with as a tourist, that there were a lot of folk who were from Poland and a few folk that were from Turkey. But when you actually look at the statistics, there aren't that many of them coming over. They're just in public points of contact, which makes it feel like they're everywhere, I guess, for a certain mm-hmm. group of the population. Yeah. But the other thing is that the EU is an amazingly self-interested group that has a control over business areas and things like that. So all the folk that are in those areas are immediately aware, well, if we got rid of the EU, how would yeah. we make money and all this kind of stuff? Yeah. Whereas a majority of the UK just kind of putters along on its own thing. I mean, it's very similar in some regard to the US. Well, it, it putters a- along on it, but it's it's not on its own thing. It's in a world economy, whether it's playing the U- EU game or, or not. Uh there are consequences. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, the consequences associated with currency, the UK already has its own currency and you can transfer UK currency to euro and to US yeah. dollars and yeah. what have you. I mean, it is all very curious, the kind of fear and doom and gloom that both sides here are yeah. portraying. Yeah. I actually think that most of this thing is just concocted by the media as a last <laughs> opportunity to sell. Well, the people, right. well, on both sides. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the people love hysteria, yeah. you know, one way or another. Yeah. It does seem that way. Right? Well, but again, see, this is just all standard language monkey shit. This is why well, it's not bother worth really even paying much attention I, I to. I want to raise a point here associated with this thing, which I found just through basic surveying over the past few weeks, nothing really deep, meaningful. But when I'm returned to these statistics, I always reflect on them more and more. Yeah. And that is how difficult it is for people to have children now. Not just Good. the ways of cancer, but the difficulties associated with folks having children. And typically it seems to be folks that work in technology or have contact with these kind of you know, devices and environments seem yeah. to have vastly more problems than, say, Kevin Federline, who has six children. You, you may not be acquainted with Kevin Federline, Aaron, and that's probably a very good thing. But, you know, I, I'm familiar with the film Idiocracy. I'm sure you are. I'm oh, sure yeah. Our listeners yeah, yeah. Are as well. <laughs> Great movie. And I just reflect how difficult it is actually to find folks with children that can be educated in the way that you and I advocate for children to be educated. Well, not right now. That's, that's part of the coming job, though, I would suggest. Yes. That that is the job. Yes. I've been back through Children of Men, which I think is an interesting film with mixed elements. I do like the character who used to be a political cartoonist who becomes a weed dealer in the film. I think he's loosely based on Terence McKenna. And some of the other parts of the film I find a little bit weak, but I do feel very strongly increasingly when I look at my intellectual peers, or at least just my general peers, or even my Facebook friends, a small percentage of them are having lots of children, but those of us that might want occasional children seem to have to go through amazing, elaborate hoops associated with this thing. And this isn't just my own narrative. This is yeah. stuff that I've seen in the past few weeks with some degree of clarity. And I just think to myself, why, what is happening yeah. with What's this going society? On? Yeah. And obviously, Well, how many of these people, there, there aren't that many people that are having lots of kids, are there? I mean, well, that's a, I would imagine, a relatively small percentage of people. It seems to be directly, I think there's an argument, which obviously Idiocracy portrays very well, 
that certain people want certain quality of life or at least certain level of comfort when they have children. And this doesn't impact people that are just seem to be having children randomly. Well, yeah, a lot of poor people apparently yes. seem to have lots of kids. Yeah, that's yes. well, that's that's probably a prescription for a disaster. <laughs> it has know? been historically. I mean, I think what's yeah. interesting is that if we create media that's only applicable to a small percentage of the population, should we study media purposes to make a large percentage of the population receptive to the stuff that we're producing? Or should we just be comfortable with a small percentage of the population? That seems well, to be that's, uh, that's that. a choice you have to make for you. Yeah. There isn't a big answer on that one that I can see. Yeah. I mean, I've made that choice for me. Certainly. <laughs> you know? Uh, but, yeah, that's, that's the issue. <laughs> yeah. Really? What, what game are you going to play? I've given and myself- I think they're all valid, too. Yeah. I mean, I think whatever choice you make is a good choice. I mean, just even contemplating the, the question, how many people have done that? I've given myself a couple of weeks, probably three at the most, before I start my new podcast, intentionally, firstly, because we have people coming to stay, but also I have a few long-standing projects that are just irritating me that I haven't yet completed them. And one of them is my grandfather's photos, which obviously is something that I've been talking about now for at least nine months. But it's interesting, actually, because the Monday past was the 20 years of Noble Eight. And in the past week, I've been having correspondence with Bob Mottram, periodic correspondence, not the equivalent to what happened when he was working on the simulation full-time, but at least constructive feedback, which seems to be saying right on associated with some of the ideas. WWDC, Apple's developer conference, was also this week. Yeah. And that also gave me food for thought because I promised myself I'd do something for... for Were you there? No. I was was there virtually. I watched bits and pieces of it, but I wasn't physically there. All right. No, oh, well, all the seminars and all the things are available online yes. to the right people. Oh, I think pretty well to everyone, I'm pretty sure. Oh, right. Well, anyway, you, you they're available get, to you. So You can get an app on the Apple TV. You can get an app on the iPad and iPhone, which I don't think requires an Apple developer. Oh, the app market. developer stuff, oh. you mean? It's in there. Well, whatever. I, I, I'm not going to go to any of that kind of stuff. But I did watch the keynote. Mm. And they're now producing an app to teach people how to program as well. Oh, yeah. I'm, look- I'm going to get that. Yeah. That, that, I'm looking forward to that. I think that's a great idea. I'm going to recommend that my spiritual advisor have a look at it as well. I think yeah. I've been spending a little bit of time with my brother just in communication and, and general discussion this week, and I've realized that the benefits of a, a mathematical education yeah. is so rare and so far between that when I talk to someone else who has that, I mean, I, in my work, obviously, I talk to people that have this kind of education. Yeah. But if more people in the general public started picking this stuff up. Yeah, it's a, uh, yeah. This is a big problem. Well, this is, yeah, this is what I call language monkeys. Certainly. <laughs> people are completely untrained in how to um, think and communicate. There's, I mean, well, they're not that they're untrained. They're trained really in awful techniques Mm. (laughs) that just are terrible. Mm. You know, Uh, yeah, it's it's scary as hell. Your nationalism and that you know you have a right to be right and all this kind of stuff. (laughs) How do you even begin? I mean, it's just such a yeah. Yeah, well, that's why I think really the hope is with the children. It is possible for adults to uh, wake up from the trance. I mean, I did, (laughs) you know. So I mean, it is possible, but uh, right now it's still relatively rare. But I, I don't think that that 
has to remain that way. I like I say, I'm optimistic that that this is just we're just early. That's all. We're, you know, in any process in metamorphosis, you got your first. They're called. They have a name for them. They're called pioneering cells. The so, first ones that start doing weird shit. Yeah. You know, and then and then there's a few more, and then there's a few more, and eventually you got a butterfly. Yeah. And and I think we're just you know, really early in that process. And I think fortunate or delirious <laughs> to, to think that I understand that process that I'm involved in. Hmm. It is interesting through the week. I've had a, I had a conversation with a coworker, but I've also reflected heavily on what it means to have been born with like, I guess what they call birth defects, which I think is yeah. a terrible term for what. Well, it no, visual is. ones as opposed to the normal well, birth yeah. defects we all have. Yes, <laughs> I mean in terms of. So I was talking with a coworker, and she mentioned one of her family members had a child who had a cleft palate, and there was this kind of dour look down. And I smiled and said quite jovially, I was born with a cleft palate and an extra toe, and here I am. You know, <laughs> it's, it's an did you say that? Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm very upbeat associated with birth defects. I mean, it's easy for me to be jovial about birth defects because it was something through my life that I overcame and, yeah. you know, survived it. And here yeah. I am, in yeah. your face. <laughs> and it's interesting because no one has this perspective associated with mutation, defects. All these things are shun things in our society. And my perspective has always been yeah. that they're actually critical things because they move the society on yeah, in some yeah. way. They're all part of the spectrum. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's, that's yeah. just it. And all the parts have, you know, can be useful, you yeah. know. I mean, I, it's clear to me I'm on the autistic spectrum. I yeah, mean, it, yes. it's amazing to, to have lived 70 years and only have figured that out recently. Well, <laughs> you know? I've, never, I've never been in your company, but you were certainly hugging on listeners when you got to see listeners. I mean, I think... You might be there. We all are somewhere there. Well, I, I, like I say, uh, there, the categories that are available to me in the language that I speak are just totally inadequate mm. to, to, the, to this. But clearly, you know, the multiplicity of aspects that I call heron, yeah. <laughs> you know, some of them are clearly obsessive compulsive. Some of them are autistic. And so, well, Asperger's is just well, – again, all the terms around this shit are – totally meaningless yeah. really because we really don't have any reasonable way to talk about it but it's clear to me that there's a lot of parts that have been labeled as dysfunctional hmm. and and i'm not sure that that's true at all yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking, I, the whole notion of but i think it's more than that i think there's a deeper issue associated with birth defects specifically uh -huh. and that's the notion not that the person who has to have the surgery will feel pain but yeah. the people that are around them, specifically their parents, yeah. will have to suffer this resentment associated with having this child that looks abnormal. And part of it also is this whole narrative associated with... How strong with do you think... I mean, that that I hadn't even considered. The parents have to... What was that? So there is a parental shame and a shame associated... Oh, okay, and having a less than perfect exactly. child. Yeah, we yeah. are flawed adults exactly. somehow. Yeah, I got you. Okay, yeah. yeah. And there's yeah. a, a self-sadness yeah. within that as well. I've tried to explore this <laughs> historically because, you know, occasionally I'll talk to my that mother. That is part of this culture. You're right. Yeah. Absolutely. That's part yeah. of it. And yeah. also there's bullying and there's the fact that you're not really quite a human. So oh, yeah. 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 That's a, yeah, yeah, if you look, if you look a little too odd, mm. you're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you've got the humor to back it up. 
you got to be quick with the jokes in order to get out well, of the, you gotta, Well, you've know. you got to do something. There's probably lots of responses. Some of them work better than others. You seem to have managed okay. The fists and the knives come quickly. You've got to be able to disarm the fists and the knives, right? So it is interesting. Well, yeah, I'm just fortunate, you know, yeah. that I, you know, not had to deal with that bullshit, you know? I mean, they had to, to actually listen to me and see how weird I was. I, I didn't look weird. Yes. You know, but as soon as I opened my mouth, I was in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, for me, it's just been normal. It's just been the way that I've lived my life. I've just gone yeah. in and had the operations come out. Yeah. I've gone in and had more operations come out. Yeah, that's just out. what you do. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what you do. And it's true, actually. Now I like being someone who can sound, well, obviously I sound different, but in terms of the ideas and the things that I say, yeah, I like the uniqueness and the experience that has been oh, unique that has you know, that to me. You know, you've brought up, or at least that struck a chord or something to mm. me. A lot of so-called handicapped people yes. uh, really define themselves by being normal. Yes. <laughs> you know, and yes. they are about the most boring fucking people ah. I've run into in my life because ah. they are being so fucking normal. Well, you see, I think this is what I find really fascinating. I mean, the people that I've met... <laughs> And I went to a school that, through mergers alone, brought me in very close proximity with what might be called handicapped people or people with special needs people or people with disabilities. And they were some of the most profound people that I knew. I mean, you know, I've told repeatedly the guy that could remember cricket scores back to the 20s, and he went on to get a job in government. He works at the Parliament House in Australia, I'm assuming associated with record filing and collation. But I think for every amazing, you know... Well, it's up to each individual what they're going to do. And this is really where it gets... But that's true for all of us. I mean, that's it, man. Here you are. you got a bunch of adults telling you a whole bunch of shit, most of which is bullshit. But the whole nature of personal empowerment is so antithetical to the just toe the line, do what everyone else is doing, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) That's that's the game, man. That's... But that's that's several thousand years of culture and history and language that are just sort of built into us, mm. and it's gonna, it's gonna take a little while to reprogram that. But I don't think it. You know, like I say, I see twenty to forty years. It's, I, it it seems inevitable to me. But you know, on the ground, it it feels different. Mm. Yes, it's an interesting proposition. Just how you even teach. The survival character that's necessary in order to emerge from this dubious society with something reasonably different to say. I'm not sure how you teach what? Well, I guess it's to do with life experience more than anything. Because my co-worker's narrative, and I've heard this from other people as well, is that, you know, these poor downtrodden people with their disabilities and these kind of things. I mean, through the people I knew that had, I mean, I had a friend who was a thalidomide baby. He had four fingers and trunk and arms, no thumbs. Mm. And he was a jazz trumpeter. And he's the funniest guy you'll ever meet. I'm friends with him on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I you mean, can find some- examples yeah. to blow any stereotype out of the water. Exactly. You know? yeah. Exactly. And yeah. I think I probably find these people in my general day-to-day life as well. Catalog them and move on. So, well, but I'm still not thinking? sure what the there was some question there. And oh, I'm and, saying how I mean, my reflection on this has always been that the unique things. My mother put it so well that she said that certain events in people's lives just damage them, 
and they have to carry that damage on for the rest of their life. <laughs> and I was like, this is exactly the kind of bullshit that I completely yeah, avoid. Yeah. Well, that's certainly one way. That's that's certainly a, a story. If you like that story and want yeah. to go with it, go for it, Many man. Have fallen <laughs> under that story, and my perspective is no fucking way. Oh, no, thank you. No, get that <laughs> come up with out of here. You're not going to survive with that kind of mentality. You know? <laughs> well, some people do. I mean, there's a wealth of stories out there, really? you know? And most people don't question the stories they've been sold as kids. Yes. I mean, they lived their whole lives in the stories they absorbed from their parents and the television and now the Internet. But it becomes a selective process, though. I mean, very quickly, the Internet starts feeding you more <laughs> of what you want. You know? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's scary. Aside from this medication that's wiping my mind and people calling me from Australia and a variety of other things. I sat down last night and had a vision of a particular toy soldier, just one toy soldier, when I must have had this vision probably when I was about 10 years of age. And I remember actually when we were in the UK, we went to a toy soldier manufacturer to see if they still had some of these toy soldiers. Just this past couple of days. Literally last yeah. night. Yeah. And by Googling on, by Googling on eBay, by eBaying on eBay, I was able to find a couple of instances of this particular little bit of lead ah. and purchased it accordingly and thought, ah, well, like my week is full. All right. Yeah. Let's You're get on with Friday. these things off your list. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get on with Friday and then it'll all be smooth sailing from yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got an email this morning from eBay <laughs> indicating to me that I had moved over some ledge in their particular algorithm. Uh-huh. And I was now an obsessive collector. And they asked ah. me a series of survey questions, which were just basically moderately. How crazy are you, anyway? Yeah, well, and how much offensive. money are you going to spend exactly. here? Exactly. <laughs> like, let's optimize it for you because you are the classic eBay. <laughs> you're the guy we want to talk to. Yes, you're the guy <laughs> that's clearly addicted. You're making these purchases before midnight. Just before midnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, you know, I never really saw the mechanics of that, but actually, it's pretty simple, isn't Very it? Very simple. They find the fiends <laughs> and they put them in contact with their dealers. Yeah, yeah. It's not that big a fucking deal, yeah. really. <laughs> so, having done, there were fifteen questions associated with this, and I did excuse it, me, wait, would a VPN make any difference at all? Associated with what the eBay thing or your audio? Well, just interacting in general to stop. This getting back to you. I'm, I, I don't oh, know. I, no, because I'm logged into eBay in order to do the purchase, right? Oh, okay. Okay. So this is totally on eBay, within eBay. Yes, yeah. Okay. Is eBay which is transparent system. to the universe. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. I got it. But yeah. Well, that's, yeah. What else do you need? That's, that'll pretty much handle it. eBay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes it was interesting because I realized that. I can't take myself seriously in any way, shape, or form. And I, I just had to embrace this whole experience that eBay was now surveying me like I was some lead-addicted individual. Yeah. It brought yeah. me actually quite some joy going through the various <laughs> distinctions between Facebook groups You and have eBay. the same aspects of OCD that I do. I mean, it manifests differently for you, but yes. it, you know, as far as I can see, it's pretty much the same as one of our bonds. I think so. We mutually <laughs> understand each other. But the important thing is laughing about it. <laughs> that helps a lot. Very much so. In fact, <laughs> I'd say without a laugh, uh, you're fucking nuts. Yes. <laughs> yes. But eBay is going to profit from this insanity, it would appear. It was actually I know what the I know what the algorithm said. It said he spent some money six months ago, he hasn't spent any money, 
for the past five months, he must have discovered another crack dealer. Let's investigate what that other crack dealer is. And let's make sure we do a better job to be his crack dealer as opposed to wherever else he's going to get his stuff. Well, you know, yeah. Has has anyone written, you know, studied and written the dissertation on the structure of all of this? Um, that would seem to be a really interesting document. Yes. I think if it was associated with human sexuality, it would probably be a lot easier to do a PhD <laughs> well, you can on Well, throw it. in a chapter on that, because yeah. porn, shit, that's a huge part of, of this. So, yeah, that's, that's definitely a part of it. Yes. I'll take care of that part. Very good. Very good, Aaron. <laughs> Another topic that we discussed last week, which I have inadvertently added to since last week, was associated with the cat molestation. Yeah. Setting up a cage. Shame on you. Yeah, really. Yeah. Poor kitty. Anyway, oh, the kitty <laughs> and I are now on really good communicative terms. I mean, oh, he lets me get close enough to him that I can actually see the wound on his side now. He's actually relatively conversant, which is why it's the ideal tribe to trap the motherfucker. Sure. Yeah. Well, there's so, no need to trap him right no, 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 now. No, no, now no, just no, no, no. Heron, I'm going yeah. to trap this cat. Well, uh, yes, it's, it's, it's the appropriate one. time. So, what I did, I've been researching traps. Since the first failed attempt. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. We have, I think he's a listener. He might not be a listener. He might be a model rail radio listener that saw the video of the cat escaping, which is now thankfully on Amazon. Although they pushed it right to the bottom, so no one will ever see it. So I went <laughs> well, through, listen, you've done your part. Thank you. I went through similar cat trap reviews, and through this, there was an underlying, you should use this kind of trap instead. Not sold on Amazon. Sold through an independent trapping company. Yeah. Only $10. Someone who actually makes something that works. Exactly. <laughs> Five-year warranty, only $10 above the Amazon-priced track. Holy shit. Why aren't they on Amazon, then? What's the matter with them? It's probably Amazon, not them. Really? It's probably Amazon's margins. These people make the traps, sell them for $10 above what Amazon charges. So it's probably Amazon's margins. Run buying. Well, it would seem the- that price is almost irrelevant if they actually work, though. Exactly. In any case. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't is, make any difference what the a, fucking price almost is. almost identically the same design of the fellow who I think yeah. is a model rail radio listener who recommended a very specific kind of trap that he uses yeah. professionally in the UK. Yeah. So this thing's going down, Heron. The trap will arrive sometime in the next few days. Ah, okay. And I'm going to trap my little friend. Because <sighs> seeing an injured cat in close proximity. And th- yeah, and so then you're going to take it to the local vet. Have you prepped the vet that this cat is on its way? Well, the first part of this thing is getting the cat in a way where I can take it to the vet, have it treated. I mean, I'm sure they just straight tranquilize them and hmm. Well, yeah, but I mean, it would, you know, that's your plan is to trap the cat and take it to a, a vet, right? Mhm. Mm-hmm. Well, then and all I'm suggesting is it might be nice, polite if you pre-warned him that this was coming. Oh, no, you've got to understand the level of crazy that you're dealing with here, Heron. I've caught kittens previously, the next day taking them to the vet. Yeah. The vet is prepped for Barbalay. Barbalay oh, does okay. not need to all right. So, all right. All right. So, I mean, you already know this vet, so yeah. that's not a problem then. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, I was just thinking it would be polite <laughs> if this was going to happen in a day or a few days world. to prep the guy. You know? But the vet deals with crazy cat people that catch cats and bring them in to be tranquilized. Oh, that's just part of the job there. Exactly. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. I haven't to anything like that in, in ever. Certainly. <laughs> yeah. So there are two cats here, one satin, larger injury, and one called Sunny, who's basically a kitten. Sonny now I have trained, so when I cut open the can and pour out the things, he sticks his head out from under the gate, which is very, very cute. Whack-a-mole-like behavior. <laughs> and watches me salivating 
and then puts his head back in. Then I disappear. Then the camera catches him coming, coming and eating the food. So this will be happening probably. It depends actually when the guests get here versus when the trap gets here. But maybe sometime next week. Well, once the the trap's there, you just put it out, and that's the end of it, right? Well, <laughs> it either works or it doesn't. Yes. So for future Stone Apes, for future Stone Ape listeners, but I just want yeah, and more video too of really? of cats in peril. Yes, about <laughs> to be treated by vets. About to be castrated. This is a feline snuff film. Yeah, welcome to the New World Order, exactly. kitty. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Maybe you should just kill it. No, Harry. I'm not interested in that. It's not me, right? I'm the one that's stuck in the trap that's dying. The cats, they're getting a better life out of this Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So one of the things that the doctor did, even though I said I didn't want to, any more prescription, is that he prescribed me more, I think it's actually Oxycontin, which is very curious. I, I've heard that name, and, you know, and, I, and I've it's read no about it, it, but I don't remember. You Zip. did take it. You took it once to see what it was like. I did? Yes. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> it must not have been that memorable. It was not for you. For me, it's, um, <laughs> it's like literally a dice roll prescription. Like, roughly a third of the time I take Well, what's it's, its reputation, though? It's it's a synthetic form of heroin. No, no, but isn't it like the love drug or something? You're no. supposed to feel enormous empathy with everybody on no, this thing? No, you're thinking of ecstasy, and it's not ecstasy. <sighs> okay, all right. I, I don't know. what. Yeah, there's several drugs. There's a couple drugs that begin with the word oxy or contin. And yeah. Anyway, I've always been confused about which one people were talking about. Very good. Anyway, now this one just makes me very stupid very quickly about <laughs> a third of the time. Just makes you stupid. Well, that doesn't sound like a very good idea. <laughs> it's strange, actually. I went, to, I went to work one day with some of these in my pocket, and I took one because I was having a bad migraine, and I didn't think it had kicked in after 40 minutes. So I took another one. Stupid to realize it. And then I was like double stupid for about three hours at work. And I promised myself I'd never do this again. And if I have to take it in the morning, I just call my boss and say, I'm not coming in until midday. <laughs> until this wears off. To deal with this. Oh, God. Fucking reality, man. It's astonishing. <laughs> what a pain in the ass it's it is. It's completely <laughs> astonishing that the best that can be done for medical science is uh, to make you stupid and forget your memories. Well, this is the era we live in. This is just the beginning oh, of man. the real era of science. And uh, um, But actually, it's making huge progress right now. I mean, it may not show up to have anything useful for you or me for another couple of decades. But, uh, well, I'm just real optimistic that we really are getting on to some basic good shit that we're going to be able to work with. You know? We'll see. Well, as I frequently point out, I think this comes from our former listener, Jim Lincoln, as well, or at least we made the joke at roughly the same time. <laughs> the science that I have in my house protects me from gunfire, physically, in terms of the books. And that is a useful benefit in the part of the world that I choose to live in. I have no idea what that means. The so science that's I have in my house protects me from The gunfire. science? Yes. Okay, yeah. Pro go ahead. Well, science here is represented in books, and books up against a wall protect Oh, you they from absorb gunfire. bullets. Yes. Ah, okay. All right. Yes. Yeah, you have to spell it out for me. I know. I need diagrams. I'm sorry. Yeah. Folks listening in at home. Yeah, yeah it's please. like a bunker. 
Yes, exactly. It's your bunker, only you got books instead of sandbags. Exactly. Have you considered sandbags? I mean, I'm not sure how good books really are at that. Oh, no, they're amazing. Are they? Oh, okay. Yeah. No, they're absolutely amazing. How, how do you know that? Is there a study YouTube. on the internet that I can YouTube. read? YouTube. Oh, there's a good – okay, good. Well, then it must be true. Awesome. Yeah. Great. They fire right. from different angles, different calendars. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing sure. how it good works. books are okay. for home protection. Yeah, go for that. Yeah. yeah. No. Are there many? Is this a whole industry now where you can buy books <laughs> that you don't give a shit what they are, but these are definitely rated to stop an AK-47 slug? <laughs> yeah. I keep a copy of my uh, first-year physics textbook covering my heart at all Ah, uh, there you go. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Mainly handguns. I'm not sure how they do with God, Are books but... pretty much gone from education now? I'm thinking on all the books in high school, man, everything should be on an iPad. Yeah. I mean, is that pretty much what it is nowadays? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're animated it's, it's, on So the basically, iPad you don't too. have to carry books around. You just carry your iPad exactly. and, and it's all there. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. We were that's schmucks, Aaron. We were schmucks lugging around those oh, yeah. dead trees. Yeah, that sucked, man. Yeah. And they were expensive. Yeah. Shit. They're probably still expensive. They're still expensive. Now that rot hasn't gone. Yeah, well, but we'll take care of that later. That's coming. The thing is, well, the thing is, they're all there. I mean, if you're smart, you can probably get them without paying for them. Yeah, I remember probably my second or third year of the university, I bought a guy's collection of books from the year above me. Yeah, as I was coming into it. Yeah, and all of them moved to version, and I said to the lecturer. How how many of these books are going to be out of date because they're just like a version out of date? Is yeah, all of them. They're worthless. Yeah, yeah. And now what actually changed? Yeah, the laws <laughs> of physics mysteriously <laughs> had not changed in the year between. But anyway, <laughs> it's a magical world, Heron. It's a magical world. Well, in in more ways than one. I mean, literally. Yeah, we declare it. I mean, it is sort of magical <laughs> you know it's just it's nothing but a story but we turn that story into physical stuff mm. <sighs> amazing mm. i'm fresh out of ideas here heron and it's a hot podcasting room on a relatively hot evening in the bay area we will well, that not sounds like a whine to me a hawaiian no, whine, like in whining. Ah, yes. Well, <laughs> let's turn it into a Hawaiian. And um, next week I am going to be um, – I kind of d- – Friday night is an interesting night, actually. It's the train club. They're putting on a thing that these folks will be attending. Uh-huh. So I don't know whether we'll record on uh, next week, but my yeah, it whatever. seems unlikely. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm available any other time, too, so it doesn't really make any yeah, difference. Yeah, I'm just not. Anyway, I'll talk to you in two weeks' time, Aaron. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye.